peace of our Lord be with you. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from the book of Revelation. And every time they roll back around, I hope that what they say is so. Even though I know that nothing in the Revelation was written to be taken literally, still, I hope that this morning's passage turns out to be a sign of things to come. Because if this morning's passage is a sign of things to come, then you know what that means. That means that someday, after all of the terrible injustices of this life have been confronted, after all of the very necessary judging has been done, after all of the victims have been faced and the responsibility has been owned, After all of the purging and purifying fire of hell has been gone through, no matter how long it takes, eventually every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea will be singing glory to God around the throne forever and ever. Amen. Except, of course, Revelation 5.13 is not the only verse in the Bible. The Bible is also home to other verses. Verses and voices which draw the circle of God's eternal welcome smaller than the universal embrace we saw in this morning's epistle passage. In Revelation 5.13, God is a universalist, ultimately welcoming every creature into the eternal choir of endless praise. But, in John 3, 16 through 18, God will ultimately welcome only those who believe in the name of Jesus. Same for Romans 10, 9, 1 John 3, 12, and 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 all of which draw around God a much smaller circle of eternal welcome 
than those words we read this morning from Revelation 5.13. Not to mention Matthew 25.31 through 46 and Luke 16.19 through 31 where people are ultimately excluded from God's eternal welcome. Not because they did of what they did or did not believe about Jesus, but because of what they did or did not do about the poor. On the other hand, Revelation 5.13 is not alone in its vision of all creation ultimately redeemed. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, As in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, In Christ God was reconciling the whole world to God's self. Colossians 1.19 says, Through Christ God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things on earth and in heaven all of which draw the circle of God's redeeming love as wide as the whole human family and all creation. Not to mention, of course, Romans 11.32. God has included all in sin so that God can include all in mercy. And that biggest verse of all in the whole Bible, Psalm 36.6, God saves humans and animals alike. All of which is to say that when it comes to the size of the circle around God, the Bible speaks with varied voices. Which means that no one gets to say concerning even this most eternal of questions, The Bible says it, and that settles it. Rather, we all just get to say, I believe what I believe because I believe it. There's some Bible that supports what I believe, and there's some Bible that doesn't. And at the end of the day, I believe, what I believe, because I believe it. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, I believe that when this morning's passage envisions a day when every creature and person of every place and time sings to God around the throne together forever, it is a sign of things to come not because the Bible says it and that settles it, but because I believe that when all is said and all is done, this is God's world. And in God's world, God gets to have the last word. And if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. I believe that means 
that the goodness and grace of God will ultimately triumph over sin and separation, rejection and pain. Not without judgment and purging and victims faced and responsibility owned, but beyond judgment, purging, victims faced, and responsibility owned. Once all of that very necessary redeeming and reconciling has been done, for which one imagines God has all the time in the world, then I believe that the goodness and grace of God will ultimately triumph and prevail. And every creature and person of every place and time will sing together forever. Glory to God around the throne. Because I believe that, I also believe that once we all get over on the other side, we are going to discover that we spent the one and only life that, as far as we know, we are ever going to have in this world, assigning eternal significance to temporary categories. Temporary categories and human divisions with no eternal significance. Once we get over on the other side, we'll all just be there together. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, singing together around the throne, glory and majesty dominion and power, and praise be to God forever. That is why you will have noticed that the longer we walk in the Spirit, the more we long for those moments when we are in a room with every kind of people. You've sensed that yearning in your own life. You know what I'm talking about. The deeper we go in our life with God, the wider we grow in our embrace of the world. We long and yearn for those moments when we're in a room with every kind of people, because we recognize those moments as brief, small, partial glimpses of eternity, choir practice 
for that glad and glorious day when every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them will sing glory to God together forever. Amen. As we come to the...